uh, we got three topics, and we're going to give the first uh, topic, and then we will, uh, I'm going to try to find my um, order here. So, and then first, first topic is Tara, Gavin, Tom, and each one will have two minutes to give your argument. You don't have to take the full two minutes, but you've got two minutes. After your argument, then the next person will go, then the next person will go, and then we'll have a one-minute rebuttal. Uh, with that, so keep notes if you need to, so that you know what to say in your rebuttal. Uh, Bradley, uh, kind of a twist to it, um, he's going to be very objectively, I'm sure, he'll give a positive sound from the sound booth if he thinks that you're, you've made a good argument. He doesn't have to agree with the argument, but if he thinks that you've made a good argument, he's going to hit that positive sound. If he feels like your argument is lame, he's going to hit the negative sound. No. So, I didn't know this about yeah, the yeah, game. Yeah. I, I, I didn't I'm let you guys know. On... <laughs> All right. So first topic is coffee bar in churches or a cafe in churches. And again, we are relating this to Bethel. We're not shooting at anybody. We're just talking about what just would it say, be like. Yeah, coffee bars Coffee bar church. period. Yeah. Are we, right. are we open to that? Yada, yada, yada. Okay. Let me get my. I'm taking all two minutes on this one. All right. All right. Let, let, me, let me get ready here. I got front and back. I tell you what, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead and start. And, and about, okay. So you get a little extra time. This is my stance on coffee bars and churches, which um, this shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. I am pro coffee bar. Reason being, if I'm going to have you into my home as a guest, I want you to be comfortable. I'm going to give you a comfortable place to sit and a clean place to sit, and by gosh, I'm going to offer you something to drink because I want you to feel welcome and at home. Um, so part of that for me would be, can I get you some hot tea? Can I get you some coffee? Can I get you something to drink? And I feel like at church, if we're reaching new people, this isn't maybe for the people that are, you know, current and uh, have oh. been for years, members and attenders, although they are welcome to drink the coffee too. No but if we're talking about new people coming in, you want them to feel welcome. And what makes you feel welcome? There's something very inviting about being offered something to drink. And something else, when you're new and you're uncomfortable, like I've just stepped into a new building, I don't know anybody potentially, I don't know how the things work, and I'm trying to figure out the logistics of this place, Somebody welcomes you, offers you, can you, would you like some coffee or some hot tea? And then you've got something in your hand. And now you're, you know, there's something about, okay, well, okay, I've got something in my hand. I don't have to feel awkward. Like, what do I do with my hand? You know, you, you're holding on to something. It's like your, your lifeline. Like, I've got this in my hand. It's and disarming. Now I'm, yes. And, and then it's just something, something, to warm, throw. something warm and inviting. And, you know, and I've noticed even for non-coffee drinkers, the smell of coffee is kind of just a good smell. I've heard a lot of people say, I hate the way coffee tastes, but I love the way it smells. So here you're, you're engaging a lot of senses, like it smells good. I feel, you know, it, it takes down the uh, defenses, if you right. will, a little bit. Like, okay, I, I'm, I'm okay. And for me, an avid coffee drinker, anywhere I can get coffee, I'm going to get coffee. So, I mean, if we don't have a coffee bar, I'm going to continue to come here Amen. and bring my coffee from home. It's fine. But if we had that available, I think that that would be a positive light for newcomers. Very good. So, Brad, were you sleeping on me? You just didn't hear any good arguments. Uh, this could be working. <laughs> <laughs> First night. <laughs> so, so are you are you hit are you hitting the sound? I, I am. 
That's probably that's probably all you could hear on the podcast is just the sound. I know. Better, or he just didn't think much of your argument. I know. At I, all. I had a buttons tab. I think you put him to sleep. He's another coffee. Drink. <laughs> he should have had coffee before. He all right, you get another shot here with if Gavin. If we had a coffee bar, he'd be awake right now. <laughs> you ready, Gavin? I'm ready. Go. So I, I'm following in the same uh, the same vein as Tara here. I'm not going to keep up with her speed, though. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Ben You've had some coffee tonight. Look at the hair. (laughs) (laughs) It takes a lot of product to look this natural. So I I attended a church at one time where this was poo-pooed. I mean, there there was no... This about every BMA church. (laughs) I didn't want to say BMA, but... Uh Ah, okay. And it was controversial when we first introduced it, but I had the same... uh, I guess feeling and emotion that that uh, Terry did. Pe- when people come into the church and we're wanting to fellowship and relax, I think that just about anything should be okay, except for indulging, overindulging. And yeah. there's some reprimands in the Bible over that. <clears throat> From the tabernacle, God commanded that shoe bread be out all the time as a as a symbol of Him constantly wanting to be in fellowship and in uh, communion with the people. The children of Israel, there were supposed to be 12 uh, loaves out, one for each tribe of Israel. It was God's intention that worship be incorporated with fellowship and food and the senses be engaged. I can imagine when the fresh bread came out of the oven and put out fresh once a week, that that smell was uh, a wonderful, enticing smell. And not far from that was the uh, table of incense, also a, a something that engaged the senses. Coffee engages the senses. Mm-hmm. It actually stimulates the senses. Uh, so I, I'm not saying particularly coffee is righteous or holy. Don't, don't get me wrong. But, but we, we but won't say it's not. <laughs> not going to go that far either. No. I, I'm Bordering just on blasphemy. <laughs> I'm expecting a con- condemning sound from the booth here. Don't worry, I'm coming in. So from the from. God's command for the shoe bread to the command to observe the Lord's Supper. Um, this is incorporated in fellowship throughout. Very good. Very good. There you go. He's got it working now. I didn't have my coffee. <laughs> All right, Brother so, Tom. Okay, you got to give me one minute. Can you look up, Pastor Ben, uh, Matthew 22, 36 through 40, and be ready with it when I ask you? Matthew 22. That, that, no, that's got to come out of your time. Oh, I'm going to have to talk really fast. fast. I'm going to. Uh, Matt, say it again. Matthew 22, what? Matthew 22, 36. All right. Oop, I got it. 40. All right. And go. I will go. After a close study, I don't know if I will bring coffee to church anymore, and this is why. Um, coffee bars and churches. As an outreach, no. Just for coffee, yes, and comfortability, like Tara said. It depends on your approach, reasoning, and desired outcome. I'm not against having an area that allows people to get coffee. I would not sell it. I would give it as a gift. If the reasoning is to get more people in the door, I believe the message is lost. You have failed your core goal. Because there are even churches that serve beer so they can get hipster young kids in. All right, 1 Corinthians 6.12. All things are lawful to me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. So don't allow yourself to fail God or to honor God by living a lifestyle that doesn't necessarily give you enough adequate rest. So you might be burning the midnight oil and be like, oh, I'll just get a cup of coffee at church tomorrow. (laughs) Caffeine, as Gavin said, is a stimulant. So caffeine is defined as a drug because it stimulates the central nervous system. Not a pro or con, it just is. It could be a distraction to those around you. 
and this is why. If I'm in deep prayer for my struggling, drug-addicted uh, brother, and I'm overcome by the smell of hazelnut espresso from the soccer mom who has it all together behind me, <laughs> that might distract me. Like being at the movies and watching people rush to their seats with popcorn and snacks. Is the Lord being compromised for the sake of pleasing people? Uh, Tara said, uh, clean, she wants people to have a clean place to come to and sit down. So let's ask Shirley Repold what she thinks about <laughs> 100 cups of coffee in the sanctuary. Yeah, let's, let's Our focus should be on his word and not your next sip of caffeine. Are we comfortable enough in coming together in one accord to eat cookies and pastries, and like Gavin said, with bread, uh, to eat cookies and pastries as the word of God comes forth after service after service or before service is fine. Otherwise, it creates an atmosphere that resembles a social event instead of a place and time to reverence God. Can you sip your coffee while your neighbor is trying to be still and hear his still, small voice? All right, I will close on this. Ben, can you please read Matthew 22, 36 through 40? Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the power. That's it. That's good. That's good. <laughs> and, and one closing word. All right. Uh, Jesus' words in the Garden of Gethsemane. Could you not watch with me for one hour? Very good. If they had had coffee, they would have. It's a solid <laughs> point. I, fall asleep, I know. Yep. Drop the mic on that. Uh, one. All right. All right. So uh, here we go, Terry. You ready? You're, you're the rebuttal. Okay. I mean, they're oh. all of you are going to get a chance. Oh, I thought you were going to give your opinion. No. No. I, this, this is y'all's oh, time. Wow. Oh, wow. This okay. is y'all's time. You ready? All right. So as a, an outreach, absolutely not. As a gift, for sure. Amen. Ne never for sale. Never to make money off of it, but simply to make people meal feel comfortable. Um, Can we charge it, members? Is, <laughs> is it that big of a distraction? I don't know. I drink coffee in every service. Have you noticed it, Ben? There you go. And I've never spilled either, as a side note. Um, and in general, when you're meeting and greeting and for fellowship purposes when you're at work, where can you find all of us hanging around the coffee? And it's just kind of a fellowship area, not for the purpose of getting amped up and ultra caffeinated and juiced up for the service or anything, although it might keep people awake longer, just as a side note. But not that they need to, Ben. I'm you just throwing I, it out there. I just started this. But it's just like a nice place to fellowship and just to take the kind of take the uh, anxiety, just take the pressure off of new people coming in that might feel a little nervous or anxious. It's just a comforting thing to offer a drink. Very good. All right, Gavin. So, so, oh, he's going to give us all. So, so uh, um, Tom was concerned about it being a drug, but so is every amino acid that's in a protein is a drug, is a chemical as well. Drug. I'm not worried about it being a drug. I just kind of threw it out there for this. Right. So Man, fats, geez. proteins, and carbohydrates, they're all chemicals that stimulate us. So, so uh, making coffee part of the our coffee bar, it doesn't have to be a coffee bar. It can be anything that promotes fellowship, conversation. Um, it can be a, a nice, comfortable room. It could be a, a room where there's... You could take bar out of it and it would sound less threatening. Ex exactly. Coffee area. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Or coffee coffee saloon. refill station. Coffee <laughs> the saloon. <laughs> the saloon. <laughs> so in all of these things, Jesus looks for us to fellowship together around meals. Remember on the road to Emmaus, I'm getting to the end here, 
the, the two disciples only recognized Jesus after he broke bread with them, after he communed with them around the food. Okay. Brother Tom. Yeah, I, I think it all sums down to, that's why I said it depends on the approach, yeah. the reasoning, and the desired outcome. Right. And so part of my argument, Will, I'm giving a little bit of a way, is the meet and greet of coffee bars or churches and all that. So I will kind of get into that later. I guess it, it um, uh, I read quite a bit on it, and it, it always turns into something. They're not easy. Um, you know, if you're doing all the expresses and all that. And a lot of the comments I read, people said, you know, when they started not liking it is when they would see a line. And the preacher started, and people are trying to get there. Oh, so boy. if it's something you're going to do, it's you got to be so Keep careful. Keep it a little simple, like no right. double-shot Americano splash of cream. Just right, here's right, your right. Folgers. You're welcome. Yeah, and, and 90% <laughs> of what I said was tongue-in-cheek because I do. I'm a coffee drinker. You know, but the few subtleties that I thought about was if I'm distracting others, you know, I, I think it, it comes with responsibility, even though it's lighthearted like a coffee bar. So, Very good. Um, very, very good, guys. I, I, I agree with everything that's been said, you know, because I do believe that there are negatives, if you will, to a, a coffee bar. I believe there's some huge positives as well. At right, and I apologize, Tom, I'm 55. The first verse that you used, um, I think it was the first verse. Uh, Corinthians 6.12? Yeah, all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. Uh, that, that is an excellent guiding verse. The, if you will, the brother to that, that kind of helps you keep those that in balance, is I have become all things to all people that I might by all means save some. And so I think that you can put those two verses together and I think you made the statement uh, about the approach. If we're doing it to be like another church, we're wrong. Right. If we're doing it because um, we need to stay awake in the sermon, we're wrong. Uh, we need it, to increase so, our so, numbers. So, yeah, sure. Yeah. No, no doubt. No doubt. Um, with that said, uh, you know, you got to meet people where they're at. And uh, it's, it's the same reason, very honestly, that we're going to, you know, remodel the church in a, in a timely fashion uh, is because not everybody that walks through those doors yet is to the spiritual maturity of if it doesn't affect eternity, let it go. Right. And so um, if we can't, I mean, you know, look, look at what we do for, for young people. I mean, when I was a youth director, if you didn't have dominoes on speed dial, you weren't carrying the gospel, <laughs> you know, uh, because those kids ate pizza. They ate pizza. Uh, with that said, um, it, you, you, can you lean too much on those things? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Sure. And is Jesus enough? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just period. End of story. And uh, I did bring my Hulk, Hulkamania Hulk Rolls coffee cup. Train, eat your vitamins, say your prayers, and believe in yourself, brother. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> but, hey, guys, well done. Well done on your arguments. That's good stuff. Um, and 636-629-2526, uh, if you want to tithe, uh, tithe. If you want to text in, uh, go to BethelLondale.com if you want to tithe. Uh, but, uh, and then, Tara, you got your number available? I do. Is it the same I'm number ready. that you yes. had last year? Yep. Uh, go ahead and shout that out. It is through, oh, over the podcast? Oh, yeah. Let's there don't we do go. that. Let's yep. don't do that. It's the same. So, so it's on the screen. Um, 
All right. So if you're a creepy stalker, you have to come to the service to learn her number. Yeah, that's I, don't, that's I, I don't anticipate yeah. getting a lot of fan oh, mail. Next one will be like, who's, who's that guy in the back corner? Who is that? <laughs> All right. Uh, best evangelistic approach for a church. So I sent out, there's four that I sent out, and there's probably 50 that are available to church. But uh, the, the good old door knocking where you just go door to door and you try to share the gospel or visitation. invite people to church, visitation, right? Uh, and that reminds me, I told this joke even this week, a preacher that named his boat visitation so that when someone asked him what he was doing, he could tell him I was out on vis- visitation. Uh, true story. <laughs> uh, event, a coffee bar. That's, that's, he probably had a coffee bar at the church too. <laughs> event evangelism, uh, hillbilly days, uh, ev- uh, what's it called? Easter walk. Easter walk, thank you, and such. Event evangelism relationship evangelism. This is one-on-one. You're going to win your neighbor to Christ by bridging a gap to them through relationship. You're going to hunt together or shop together or raise kids together or, you know, fill in the blank. And through that relationship, as Christ makes it available, you're going to share the gospel with them or a combo of all of the above uh, and the such. So um, I think now we go Gavin, Tom, Tariff. So Gavin, you're up. Tell so, us which one you're choosing. And- well, I'm choosing this one uh, with caveat. So event, to me, is the most effective. And I don't want to steal any Tom's thunder because I know he's uh, the, the supervisor he's, he's of, the, the, of the, the Easter Walk. But the Easter Walk, by far, has been the most successful for Bethel in the, the last few decades for uh, gospel outreach, for presenting gospel, for response to that gospel, and a positive affirmation of a relationship with Jesus Christ. That has changed, though. Um, when I was a kid, it was a bus ministry. It was visitation, ever going door to door. So I, I think that, that uh, the times and the culture dictate what's the most effective. And if event is not working, try one of the other, others. So, um, uh, I, so I, I think that it's all time related. And right now, event is the most effective. And to me, it's because you, have, you voluntarily come um, under your own volition, you choose to go to this event, and you know that it's going to be a religious topic, so you may have even been thinking about it. Um, you've prepared yourself to some degree, and you, you, uh, of your own choice, came. You don't feel like you're stuck with somebody at your door knocking, and you didn't have a choice in the matter for them to show up. It's a bad time for you at, at your home. Um, so all of those things are taken care of when you show up in an event, and you're expecting to hear something about uh, God because you show up to a an event that presents the gospel. Um, And in our case, I just felt like as far as Bethel's concerned, the Easter walk is the way we adorn the gospel for this community. Um, And it just makes a really good presentation of the gospel and a chance to respond and be noted that you responded. I yield back my 15 seconds. All right, Tom. All right. Uh, I don't disagree with him. I believe it's a combination. Um, if, you're, uh, if you're too open-minded, your brain will fall out. And if you're too closed-minded, you're incapable of learning. So I was uh, going door-knocking once uh, to a group of people that I wanted to invite to church. They were on my heart. And, but it is my least favorite because it feels uh, pushy and invasive, especially in nowadays world. Yeah. Um, but I did go visit them, and when I knocked on the door, I've shared this before, I saw a Jehovah Witness card in the door. And I kind of pondered for a second. I was like, well, I'll have to answer to Jesus for this. So I took the Jehovah's Witness card, <laughs> put it in my pocket, and moved on. And the so person no did come to church to a Tom few Mays. times here. So, hey, uh, strike one for Team Jesus. Uh, now, in events, 
Absolutely. I believe that's a huge one. Um, it brings believers. It brings seekers. It allows believers to bring and invite the unsaved to a stigma-free gathering. Um, it can bring others of opposing faiths to your location. Um, seeing, seeing can move a person's soul often more than hearing and reading. And for the actors in an event, it can force you to embrace and immerse yourself uh, with all your senses and God's words and actions. You know, when you pour it out, you're acting it, you're delivering it, you're hearing it. Um, so, yeah, I am big on events. Uh, but relationships, um, it's most important of all. It's all based on this because with an event, with knocking, whatever, uh, someone knows someone who invited so-and-so. Oh, that's old Merle's cousin. Why not? Let's go on over there. Um, you know, without relationships, there would be no one here. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And I yield back 23 seconds. Thank you. <laughs> Yo. Um, so if we're picking my favorite, I would have to say relationship. And I'm not going to say one is more correct than the other. Sure. Um, but it takes relationships to even get people to the events. Because who invites people to events? We do. Right. Um, and oftentimes when you go to church, don't you go because someone invited you. You usually go because, oh, I, or at least, oh, I know or they have my coffee. neighbor goes there. <laughs> yeah, or they've got a coffee bar. <laughs> Let's check that one out first. Uh, no, but you know someone. And it's easy when you're around someone enough to uh, see, well, I mean, they go to church. Or, and when the storm hits, which is usually when people go to church for the first time, right. that's, well, I mean, I know that that family goes there. Maybe we'll try that church. Um, but I think it takes a relationship. For me personally, I've had the most opportunities through my children. So I, I have kids that are in a, you know, a couple different age ranges, and it's been easy to say, hey, we're having a movie night, which is an event, but it was really easy to invite them because I work with them every day, and they live here in town, and hey, bring the kids out Wednesday night, and or we have a wana, or hey, do you have a place to go um, Easter for Easter service, or do you have plans for a, a Christmas a service you were hoping to attend. If not, we'd love to have you at our church. It's relationship uh, um, all the way around there. And like I said, if you don't have a relationship with the person, you can't really get them to your event. Um, so therefore, I think those two can coincide at times. Um, but I also think it takes who you are on a regular basis, and people are always watching you. So on the other hand, if you have a relationship and they see you acting this way, but then they know you go to this church, then it kind of looks like, you know, oh, well, you know, uh, I wouldn't put all the stickers on the back of your car if you're going to park in front of Blondie's every Saturday night. Just saying, I mean, things like that. Who's Blondie? So uh, it's just a thing where a band if you're going to if you're going to talk about relationship and evangelism, you need to make sure that you're living in such a way that it's inviting for people to want to come to your church. Amen. Uh, all right, so Gavin, go. So, so rebuttal, I, I would say that uh, the relationship, I put that in my pro level personal, not church, but um, I, I've done it the, I've done it door knocking, I was part of EE, I, and again, part of the, the uh, Easter walk. There's something persuasive about a car mechanic taking his time to play a part in a be a disciple of Christ and play in a play um, for three nights and practice week after week after week. That alone is a little persuasive, persuasive to somebody who might know Jeff Volk. Um, he's yeah. a car mechanic. He comes and does uh, this play to present the gospel. That's pretty persuasive in my mind. 
that they would dedicate themselves to this. And the whole church uh, activating and the whole church becoming active in that is, uh, I think, also a testimony to that this church has gone to all this trouble and expense to build this elaborate uh, set to present the gospel. It's persuasive. Yeah, that's uh, that's what it's it's known. That's what brought us back to this church. And there you go. He needs some coffee. Uh, but no, because because what I saw was a church that was like a family. That's what we said is because it's it's not easy. That ain't me going. You know, that's all the 150 actors and the animals and everything. It's not easy, but the people have to be like a family to work together, or it doesn't happen. I've said over and over and over again, it's just a bunch of rocks and boards out there and ribbons hanging on wire. If the people aren't here, the relationships between each other, it wouldn't happen. So, absolutely. So, my final statement is, if at first it doesn't succeed, try, try again. So, you all, it's like you said, door knocking. Maybe that's not working. What is working? What can we try differently? What aren't we doing? And I think uh, this is me preaching to myself. A lot of it starts with us. So we were talking in our small group about when you say we want to be a transformational church, and it hit me, if we're not a transformational church, that's not Ben Kingston's problem. It's us. It is us as an individual churchgoer. What's going on with me? Am I spending time in prayer? Am I spending time in the Bible? What's coming out of my mouth? Um, and it starts with us. If we're going to be transformational, it starts with each one of us, and then it flows from there. Um, but I think that you can always try something new. Yeah. So along those lines, um, Kevin, as far as I know, Vernon Lee. And Vernon told me, he said, Brother Ben, if you can ever get the people in the church that you pastor to realize that the health and the growth of the church is their responsibility. You got something. And even though every church member and preacher, when they hear that, yeah, 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 that, that's good. It's, it's that aha moment in the small group that you go, ooh, that's on me. That, that's 100 pounds, if you will, of responsibility on me. And even though I think any preacher that hammers his people with that to try to get out of the responsibility himself, he's missing it because he himself has to be the example in that. He himself has to be building relationships. He has to be trying to be transformational. He has to be putting the armor on, seeking the Holy Spirit daily, so on and so forth. But if he's the only one that does it in the church, the church is not transformational. The pastor may be, but the church is not. And and I don't know what you guys have experienced, but I'd much rather go to a church that the entire church is seeking to be transformational than just the pastor is on fire, in quotations. Um, and, and so, uh, and I'll tell you this, from experience, as the church lights on fire, all that does is add fire to the preacher, too. And so, uh, good stuff, guys. I, I will say this, that I have tried to stay humble, if you will, before the Lord, that if he wants me to stand on the corner side and preach, I will. If he wants me to go cold turkey and knock on the door, I will. Do I believe that either one of those methods are as good as any of these other methods? I personally do not. I personally believe that relationship slash event is the best. And I mean, two years, 95 to 97, I saw a church of 390 go to 600, and 
all they did was invite their friends and neighbors and relatives. That's all they did. They did not have an organized visitation program at all. Uh, the pastor stayed busy visiting all the people that the church members were inviting. And very honestly, if we really want to talk about multiplication, even the church members can do that. I was about to say, it sounds to me like that wouldn't be just on you as a pastor. It right. could be on the rest of the church. You bet. There's no reason why every person in this church cannot know how to navigate someone from first-time visitor to regular attender to church member. Well, and, and ultimately to someone coming to Christ, you know, in their faith if they, if they don't have that done yet. All right. Uh, we're moving fast simply because Tara, we only have Tara until 7.40 and we're almost done. So 7.45. Seven, oh, praise the Lord. All right, well, here we go. Uh, the third one is meet and greet in church service. As you know, we used to do that, and we may again someday, depending on how well this goes. <laughs> but, but COVID has uh, killed it, and everybody understands that. So uh, now we got Tom opening up. Tom, go for it. All right, only the messenger. Uh, meet and greet in church. It depends on my spiritual state at the moment. Um, honestly, no doubt. this is a great argument for pre or post coffee bars. I've never been a big fan of meet and greet. Uh, it's never been uh, more significant than now, cold and flu season, COVID season. When that would come around, they were like, Ugh, you know. And I'm all right with my hygiene and shaking hands and all that, but I can't stand when my kids are running around hugging and kissing and eating other kids' gums and all that. So that usually happens during meet and greet. Um, there have been mornings when I've had heavy sin loads on me or worry or anxiety, and I just wanted to come in the back, sit and worship and slip out in the shadows. Um, not stand only in my pew with already awkward because everyone else is walking around and then fake a smile or pretend I can understand your situation or be happy you got a new lawnmower. You know, I, I'm here for a reason. Um, it breaks focus. Again, with the movie analogy, you walk into a movie theater and moments before the movie comes on, if you had a black screen, and then when the movie come on, you would have your full attention. But when you go in there now, there's commercials, and it breaks your focus. So when the movie starts, I'm leaning over to my wife saying, man, John's Floor in Union, Missouri would be a great idea for our home remodel. You know, I'm not focusing on what I come for. So the preacher begins preaching, and I lean over to my wife, and I say, can you believe Brad just told me five people with COVID came to the football game, and this person, and this person, and this person? Okay. We naturally meet and greet as we come into the church. We accomplish this especially during Bible study and pre- and post-gatherings. Again, coffee bars. So those who are willing and wanting have already done the meet and greet prior to the service. And sometimes the awkward and socially forced um, continuance of what, is always been, what has been going on for the last 15 to 20 minutes already. So uh, I got 20 more seconds. I brought my dad, one of the most socially awkward people in the world. Uh, it was like nails on a chalkboard to him, just people walking around wanting to shake his hand. And when we reached to sing in the middle and we grabbed hands, he actually slapped my hand and said, I can't believe you would do that to me. And so it isn't, we're a family, but for right. some newcomers, it's, it's awkward. So it's interesting how many things COVID is changing and it does make me wonder, uh, not just in church, but especially in church, what we'll go back to and what we won't. So what I like about the meet and greet is kind of seeing visitors and giving the opportunity to say, hi, nice to see you, it's good to meet you, or, um, oh, I remember you, you're Dylan's mom, or, you know, it's nice to make people feel uh, welcomed, sure. which I do like that about the meet and greet, and I do miss that, that we can't do that now. Having said that, 
without the official meet and greet time, I've still been able to accomplish that by waiting until after the service or kind of spying people out before and, you know, oh, hi, how are you? I, you know, I haven't seen you since football season ended last year or, or you know, just whatever you can think of that's pertinent to that person. But it's still being accomplished without the actual, this is the time we shake hands time. Um, I do absolutely understand what Tom is saying about the awkwardness for new people, um, but at the same time, that's how you get to meet new people. So Awkward is awesome. Awkward is awesome. Um, so do I, uh, I kind of went back and forth on this one. I didn't know which path I wanted to take because um, there are times when I'm like, oh, I need to go say something to them, but I don't know what to say. And uh, there's that kind of, you know, internal struggle, like, oh, I'm going to mess it up if I say something or, you know, I'm walking away like, that was stupid. Why did you choose that? Uh, so, which is usually the case for the record. Um, but there is, and it's like a traditional, it's a tradition that's hard to break. COVID has forced us to break it. Right. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, you do miss, this is the only time I would give so-and-so a hug. This was the only time that I that I would get to you know, see that person and say I miss them or ask how they're doing. And uh, whereas would I take the time and effort to do that if there wasn't the you have to do it now time? Very good, very good. <laughs> All right, brother. Yeah, so I am a big proponent of that time for us. <clears throat> Excuse me, because I think that's how Bethel got its name as a friendly or a reputation as a friendly church because the experience that people get when they come in in the meet and greet time. But I, I agree, you gotta, you gotta kind of feel out, size somebody up when you come up to them. Are, are they ready for a hug yet? <laughs> no. And I hate it that your dad had that experience because we really should be sensitive to that. Not everybody's gonna want to hug first time you see them or the first time they're in there, especially you may be so happy that they're here that you wanna hug them or, or shake their hand. Um, but uh, for the regulars and for uh, people who know us that come to visit us, I think that time has established us as a friendly church. And it, I'm, I'm, you know, this is a personal statement. It sometimes has given Bethel members the, um, made us a little bit lax in follow-up as far as being the friendly church. Um, because we're really friendly at the meet and greet. We may not call them or stop, make, go out of our way to see them in the supermarket. Um, so, so it can't be an excuse. I like the the um, the meet and greet as part of our services. We're commanded to greet each other with a holy kiss, laying on of hands. Those are all physical touch uh, things that are commanded in the Bible or encouraged. I mean, we don't we still don't we don't do holy kisses anymore. Um, <laughs> thank goodness. Yes, th thank goodness. That, that's, that's next that's, week's topic. That's over my line. <laughs> Me so and my I, wife do. <laughs> I don't think it's holy, bro. Just, just say it. <laughs> Awkward. You've never, you, you've Awkward. never had one of my <laughs> oh, Again, I'm thankful for that. Ten Thank seconds. Goodness. Ten seconds. <laughs> Is it over? Things to be grateful for. <laughs> so, let me read a passage oh, that's of scripture. How long is ten seconds on earth? So, this is Ecclesiastes chapter 3. To everything there's a season, a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. So we're in a time to refrain from embracing right now. Time rebuttal. Amen. Uh, you know, I don't think it's a terrible thing, but I do, 
uh, like I said, I'll go back to we naturally meet and greet as we're coming into church usually. Uh, we accomplish this especially during Bible studies. And most of our Bible studies are at coffee bar. We have coffee. We have pastries coffee and all that. Area. Yeah. Coffee area. Coffee saloon. Um, so I do, I do <laughs> like a set-aside area. Um, for, the, you know, for those who are willing and wanting, they've already done the meet and greet prior to coming in here. And, uh, and I said, and when I put the sometimes awkward and socially forced, you know, meet and greet, um, that was Easter when I brought my dad. And for one, he'd never gone to church and like, I don't know, I don't think ever, uh, when he was a kid a little bit. But so he comes on the busiest day, the Super Bowl of Christianity. No doubt. But yet, I don't know if it was a God thing or what, but we sat, me and him in a pew by ourselves. It was like, so that was awkward. And then, you know, the bouncing, you guys were singing off the screen. He's like, I didn't know you guys sing karaoke, you know. Um, All he needed was some coffee. Yeah. 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 So, you know, but he, when I invited him, he said, I don't have a tuxedo. You know, I said, Dad, we wear what we want. So that's something that has changed. That's allowed people to come. So I'm not against it. But, um, you know, I think I'm a, not a mature Christian, but uh, I have days that I, I, Maturing, yes. Um, just are, like the rest of there us. There are days that, yeah, I, I don't want to meet and greet. Right. And, I, and sometimes I just feel like, Amen. man, if that's me, I know there's other people here too. Oh, and yeah. it's like, so if, if I want to give you a hug, I'm, I've probably already done it. Right. Let's worship. That's where I'm at. All right. You ready? So, you know, with or without the meet and greet, I think it's important to do some kind of follow-up with people, especially if it's a visitor and you know them, um, to make it a point to, if you know them on Facebook, send a message, send a text if they're in the phone and you didn't get to say something to them that day. Or also true of people that you didn't get to shake hands with at the service, but if you've always said if God lays them on your heart that you are supposed to reach out in some way. Um, there's nothing wrong with saying that the meet and greet is the, the time to catch up. Like, why not throughout the week? Should we not just text each other, not just as friends, but as church members? Um, Dawn texted me this week just about the women's Bible study, and it was so nice just to be like, oh, she likes that I'm in the Bible study with her. Oh, and I already knew that, but it was nice to get a text. Um, or in our small groups, there's like, we have a Facebook page, and while I'm not strong on Facebook, that really is a big reach you know, outreach to people, and I know this is meet and greet, but like, why do we do it just during the meet and greet? Why can't we meet and greet all week long? All week long. Very good. All right, brother. Amen to everything that's been said so far. I can, I'm a big proponent of it, and I think that there's a time that we should give people the option to, to embrace each other, greet each other in service again. It really is an icebreaker for the service as well. It's a, it's a warm up to worship together. Um, to talk to each other, to shake hands. There's been a couple of instances where I had kind of the opposite experience that Tom's dad had. Uh, there had been a person or a couple, couple sitting off by themselves, and they seemed relieved that somebody came and said hello, and he said, glad you're here, you know, introduce yourself. So, um, so I think that that, that can uh, be a blessing to people, even if they're, if they're uh, new in some cases. You bet. Yeah. Uh, Amen. Tara is going to have to make her exit here, but we'll just continue along this line. And, and clean dodgeball or kids in the basement right. at some point. <laughs> so, thanks, Tara. Thank you, Tara. I, again, you guys have done an excellent job of preparing your your arguments and as such, and, and they're all good arguments. So, so let, what I what I want to do is I don't want to argue, if you will, what you guys have said as much as I want to give you a, a pastor's perspective. And I guess you could say, in this case, the pastor's perspective. Uh, 
1997. The meet and greet, very honestly, was the tool that we used to show people that you ought to give us a second look. And uh, I, I basically, and you know, Brother Dale and, and others can give testimony to this, I basically rode with a hard hand and said, you don't have a choice. If, if you stay in that pew, when we break for meet and greet, you're going to be talking to me afterwards, and I'm going to ask you what, what's going on. Because we have got to change the culture. Uh, the church had gone through some Wednesday night fight nights for business meetings. And so, I mean, after the, in view of a call, when I was changing clothes, because we could only be here that Sunday morning, and we had to run back to Temple to do their Halloween, you know, alternative. But it was their big event. Um, and when I say big event, it, it was very similar to what we do with our Easter walk as far as they had a thousand people. They would rent out fairgrounds. It was huge. So we were in the restroom over there, Don and I, changing clothes, getting ready for the trip back. And Don said, what do you think? And I said, these people love you and I. Because we were kin to half of them at that point. And I said, but they hate each other right now. <laughs> they really did. They weren't talking to each other. It was a hush service and, and such of that nature. And so I told her, I said, if the Lord calls us here, we're just going to love on them. Just going to love on them and such. Well, part of that was showing people that we're a friendly church, you know. Um, and, and so I, I believe that God used meet and greet that first several years. Now, nine years in, we were probably told at 200, and, you know, people had kind of went back to the whole thing of, yeah, we, you know, we're fine. We got plenty of people. So they just stayed in their pew during the meet and greet. Well, you know, that wasn't an effective meet and greet. And so, uh, I, I, again, I think everything that people have said here is accurate. And I'm fine with never doing meet and greet again. I, I am. But we absolutely must figure out and train and carry through on putting that friendly face forward. And, and I, I think that Gavin's right, too, as far as your dad. Um, we probably need to help people read some body language, you know, and things of that nature. And, you know, some kids, I mean, it ain't going to matter. Right. You know, and I'm sure your dad understands oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, with that said, uh, I, we, we've got to make sure that people know that they're welcome. And, and, and whether that's through a meet and greet or just us. You know, this is something I thought of, too, while I was listening to you guys. You know, Brother Tom... And you, you know, you're always extremely what's the word? Uh, you're vulnerable and you're open. So you weren't trying to say that I need to be left alone when I come. To oh you no! Saying that. Uh, as much as you are, we're all in this progress together. So some Sundays are rough, right? And so it's difficult. Well, so what, what I would encourage every faithful family member of the church to think about. Is, is the pastor allowed to have those bad Sundays? You yeah. see what I'm saying? And, and even though we all know that I'm as human as the next person, the church is hoping that I can pray through that and, and right. get in the mindset. You know what I'm saying? Now, I don't have to come to church with my family. I don't ever drive to church with my wife and kids. Part of that's because I live about 600 yards from the church. Part of that's because I know that the devil gets into every car that oh, yeah. comes to church. And if he can't get 
us into a battle, we spake. And so a lot of times when folks get out of those cars, they're mad as all get out. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we did a have to, we had to do a U-turn at the road down here because Chase forgot his water bag, you know. And it's like he remembered his Harry Potter costume, but not the water book. So yeah, you know, we we smiled by the time we got Going back. to Alana. and I can't remember his name. Uh, the the and the name will come to me, but he's basically the main comedian now after Tim Hawkins. But, but he, he had some issues, so he's just now coming back. But he has a great video. I want to say Gist or Grist. Uh, shoot. But uh, if I can Here think me. of Yeah, you've heard of him. But he has this video of him and this, you know, woman that's supposedly his wife, and they're just at it. I mean, they're just going back and forth, back and forth. And when they pull into the church, they put on a smile and they get out and, hey, how are you doing? Wonderful, brother. You know, and just as fake as they could be, you know, type deal. And, and even, the, again, even though we're going to have some Sundays like that, as a general rule, if, if we can train the folks to do what you got to do to get in the right mindset type thing. And, and you know, Tom, I, I would have never known that if you wouldn't have told me that. You know what I'm saying? Because... So you do that. You, you're doing what I'm what I'm saying. You you, you and, and there's that fine line between being fake and and just handling the situation. I call it compartmentalizing. I, I, and I go I go to this experience. I've went into funerals, uh, at visitations, and my wife and kids are in the car. We're fixing to go to Red Lobster to eat. My wife and kids do not have a connection to the family that I'm going because I've been asked by Nancy to do the funeral. And I really don't know the family. But as I walk into that funeral home, I ask God to help me to, as you read the passage, there's a time to mourn, you know. So while I'm in there with that family, by God's grace, I'm showing sensitivity. I'm mourning with them as best as I can. I'm in there 15 minutes. I walk out. Within 10 minutes of being in that car, we're laughing, cutting up. And if someone that didn't know that whole situation saw that, well, he... You're a hypocrite. A hypocrite. You better believe it. Well, there's a time to laugh and a time to mourn, and sometimes there's only 10 minutes in between. He used to be really harsh on those situations. How, you, how can you just turn on, you know, yeah. one, just flip the, the switch. But I've had the same thing at work, and I know this is not on the same level, but in I have two exam rooms, and one exam room I'll be putting a pet down mm. the whole family weeping sure. sobbing sure the, the next room is a new pup <laughs> i'm telling you yeah there. it's it's sho emotional shock from one to the next and you've got to be a veterinarian to both no doubt you you walk out of the grim reaper room into the you know celebra celebratory yep. room We're, we've got a new puppy yeah uh, life is all new to us that's right and in that situation Probably six months ago, they were going through that, That's you know, exactly putting right. down a family. That's exactly right. Pat, yeah, amen. Uh, so, you got something to say, Tom? Uh, and I think uh, I don't. I think it's. A, I do think it's a good thing. You know, a lot of times if you come here with that just hurting heart and you force yourself to, sometimes it can break you out of that because you're your own worst enemy. Sometimes, yeah. you know, um, I don't. I call it advocate. I like to put both sides because I think a lot of us. We, we've seen both sides of stuff. People are just uncomfortable to say the side they don't think is popular. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I think, too, 
uh, if we do go back to meet and greet, that that will be communicated. You know, is that if you're having a bad day, we're not asking you to fake it. You know, uh, as much as do your dead level best to to be having a good day by the time you get into those doors type thing. Um, and, and because I go ahead. Maybe we could have some uh, adjustments to meet and greet too seasonally. You know what I'm saying? For, oh, for flu season, yeah. we're, we're going to, you know, we're, we're just going to wave and yeah. blow kisses. <laughs> Smiling? Sorry. Just a thought. Thank you. Very good. Very good. Um, what I else? do know when, when I'm in, when, I, when it's good, it's good. Yeah. When it's bad for me, it's bad. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> but it's like, because I could never make it around enough, you know, hugging all the old right. ladies, give right. I can never cheeks find and you. stuff. Yeah. I'm just run. Well, you see, we know each other, so. <laughs> But yeah, so just, it, it, it's it was a short joke. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, neither one of you can oh. see each other. <laughs> yeah, I get it. All, all the giants in the land now. Yeah. Daryl, um, I'm behind Daryl. <laughs> well, oh, I wish Daryl was in here. Kelly's in here. He, she can, she can tell. You. Um, I do love. I sit behind him when we're oh, here, yeah. and it's like no one even knows I'm here in front of him. It's like I, I know that it's about time to wrap it up when Daryl goes. <laughs> okay, you can probably all right. feel the breeze. Yeah, too long, too long. No, I'm messing. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I, I will say this: that it, it, if you've ever been a part of a congregation that is not friendly, it's a death knell. Yeah. It's a death knell to growth. It's a death knell to excitement. Awkward is awesome to an extent, <laughs> but yeah. an hour of awkward is tough. It's tough. Uh, and, and something I've seen God do here, uh, because even though obviously we're not encouraging people to be disruptive with their exclamations of praise to the Lord and things of that nature, I, I personally enjoy uh, a vocal service that responds to things that they agree with and things of that nature. And I've seen uh, at least three ebb and flows of having a vocal service and then uh, like for instance uh, 15 16 years ago we had tom rudloff i was good paul dunn yeah. and and another young man that was here and they were very vocal all three of them were called to other ministries it was crickets in here i a, mean it was tough a church service with tom rudloff is like an auction house no doubt <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no doubt and and, and the, but then god raised up some other people you know and then they got called out, and then God has raised up some other people. So um, it, it's just, and, and ultimately that that is the key. It's got it can't be orchestrated. It's got to be right. organic, and and that's of course and that's from the, the Holy Spirit. You, you, you better believe it. All right, well we're we're done. Thank you guys. Wow, tremendous crowd. Thank you. Uh, Lord willing, we'll be back here next Wednesday. Or do we have something else in the Iwana calendar? Are we I open? think we're here. Well, all right, we'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks, everybody.